welcome into the Harvest Friends. We are here to bring you the confidence and clarity you need to be a disciple and make disciples in the everyday places of life. I'm Abigail Wilson. I'm Andrew Stroud. I'm Lakeith Jones, everybody. (laughs) Hi, guys. We are back together. We are going to be talking about the third um, segment of a three-part series on discipleship. And today we're going to be talking about the practices of a disciple. We have already covered the character of a disciple, the commitments of a disciple. And then Andrew changed it up on me and took away the C word and put in a P word. And I'm struggling, but I think it'll still be a good episode. <laughs> now, see, now you're normally giving me a hard time for, for having to go with the, the words that start with the same letter, but you're the same well, way. Oh, well, we all, I think everyone knew that I was the same way. I don't think I was fooling anyone is my crazy type anus. Right, Keith? You knew I was crazy, oh, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. I got you two figured out watching you. <laughs> I know. Keith is the only one who can use all the letters of the alphabet at his abandon, and he has no problem at all. So if only we could be like you, Keith. <laughs> oh, man. You guys are funny. Uh, well, how are you guys doing? I do want to spend a few minutes just checking in on everybody. Um, most of our country is still in quarantine and lockdown, so to speak. Um, so it's always good to check and see, are you guys okay? Keith, you have a new baby too. So I do. I do. A lot of, you know how it is. Can't, no, not a whole lot of sleep at night, but he does all right when we spoil him uh, <laughs> and we <laughs> tend to his needs and he makes it through. So it's been good. He's a little joy. He's uh, hmm. He's got daytime and nighttime mixed up. So sometimes he's a little bit, I mean, he's chill during the day and then at night he's, he's all fun. So uh, Oof. Yeah. <laughs> dude, dude. Andrew, yeah andrew did sneak over to the garage for a haircut guys you should see him he's looking pretty uh pretty fresh uh, that's yes. right so last week if, if folks watched the show they know i was wearing a hat there's a reason for that so just insider uh, insider information here if there's ever a recording where i'm wearing a hat it's because i'm overdue for a haircut and you know, we were talking about this before we started recording, Abigail. I, I understand you've also moved into barbering. Friends, um, just a little PSA. If you are not tipping your barber or person who cuts your hair well, like you need to repent and change your ways. I truly brutalized my son's hair on Friday. And I had to like be perky and upbeat about it because I was, you know, destroying his hair and I needed, he's nine. So I couldn't just be like, ah. So it was more like nervous laughter on my end. And then I like sneakily took a picture. So um, I probably need to post that on social media. But boy, Keith, mad respect, friend. How did he respond? How did he respond to the haircut? Okay. So when I, I was telling Keith about this earlier, but when I accidentally took a huge chunk out of the front of his head um and then it was really long and he has a lot of hair so it was like very long and then like an obvious chunk from my clippers when I just slipped you know and it was horrible and I was like (laughs) and he's like what what does it look like I'm like well is I think I'm gonna have to take it all off and he's like what no let me see so he gets up and he looks in the mirror and he's like he like messes with the back kind of like kind of makes a little like Donald Trump situation and then he's like you know what it looks pretty great and I was like no man, no, oh, man. <laughs> so he is a nine-year-old boy and this is that he doesn't really care um which is great but I did cut it all off and I'm kind of sad but you know 
these are the times we live in. I'm amazed that you gave a Donald Trump haircut with uh, your first your first haircut effort. Well, I'm just assuming that that's what he has underneath. I don't know. Who's to say? <laughs> but I, when I saw this, I was like, oh, that could be his problem. <laughs> Anywho. All right, friends, let's get into the good stuff. You don't need to hear any more about my terrible haircutting um, experience, but we are glad that you got a little... Um, a little loving from Keith this week, Andrew. You're looking ready to go this week. No oh, yeah. more um, product placement. All right, <laughs> from you. right. I, I say I've got the best barber on the West Coast. With Absolutely, Keith Jones. man. I'm I'm really jealous right now. That's all I have to say. Okay, so we're going to be getting into the prax practices of a disciple. So maybe a little bit more um, of the practical, so to speak, on what it looks like to be a disciple. So we're going to start off, um, we're going to break it up into three parts, kind of like we did last week, because I think that was really good size chunks for everybody. And we'll kind of throw it around the table and see what we can all come up with. So we're going to start off with a, that a disciple is someone who seeks the Lord first. So Angie, why don't you kick us off? Yeah, we, we wanted to do this three-part series on um, character of a disciple, commitments of a disciple, practices of a disciple, because as we've mentioned in some of the past episodes, um, Jesus calls us to be a disciple and he calls us to make disciples. So we want to be faithful as as both. We want to be the kind of people that he's calling us to be. And we want to reproduce that as, as we're sharing the faith with others and investing in them. We want them to have the character and commitments and practices that we see Jesus instilling in that first generation that we see in the scriptures. And we wanted to break it into these three categories of character commitments and practices because not, not because they are separate from each other, but they are distinct. It, it kind of helps us think through. They're all important. Um, and I wouldn't say that, that you can have one without the other. So uh, with today's though, I think it's, it's going to be fun because there is a tendency, I believe, in the modern church, at least here in the West, to devalue the practices of a disciple or to, to, to have a, a sense that well, what really matters is that you believe the right doctrine or that you have the right answers when people ask you questions. And your lifestyle, of course, it's important, but many of us can buy into this subtle idea that it's not as important, um, your actions that you take. And I just don't think that that's true. I don't think you can divorce um, the practices that you live out as, as a follower of Jesus from what you say you believe and uh, the knowledge that you have about the scriptures. And, you know, one example of this is at the very beginning of the book of Acts, um, when Peter shares at Pentecost, that it says that the people were cut to the heart and they asked Peter and the apostles, brothers, what should we do? And that's a, that's a natural and appropriate response from us as humans is that when we learn the truth, we instinctively know that there's something that we should do about it. There's, there's action that we should take. There are practices that should flow out of, of um, the truth that we've encountered. And so uh, like Abby said, we're gonna break out three practices that we think are essential for 
for disciples. And the first one is to seek the Lord. And we, we sort of talked about this in a little bit last week as a commitment. Um, but this week uh, we want to focus more on, well, well, how do we do that? And how do we see the, the disciples doing that? Um, and so for me, I think it's one of the clearest traits in the disciples was that they prioritized, they made a practice a, about being with Jesus from the very beginning. You know, they left certain settings so that they could physically be with Jesus and learn from him, ask him questions. Um, and I think that was something that was instilled in me as well, pretty early on as a disciple that I'm, I'm really grateful for is people helping me learn how to seek the Lord in simple practices. And so, um, reading the scriptures and praying get transformed from being just um, activities that we do to a way for us to seek the Lord because Jesus is alive today. So I hope that, uh, I hope that makes sense. One of the practices that, that I've had that has been uh, life changing is to set aside time each morning to seek the Lord through the scriptures and through prayer. And so I read my Bible and I pray, but it's not just reading a book and speaking words into the air. It's, it's actually an effort on my part to, to seek the Lord. Um, Keith, what about you? What, how do you live out this practice of seeking the Lord in your own life or where do you see it in the scriptures? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the first thing for me is to be convinced that it's something that God prioritizes and that, it was God's idea long before it was ever our idea. So it gives me a lot of hope and encouragement to know that God wants people to seek him. Uh, he's always wanted a people for his own possession. And uh, that's motivating. Uh, that We don't have to just chase God, but God chases us. And that God wants people to seek him. So Paul was teaching in the book of Acts. And he was in uh, Thessalonica. And uh, he was going over all of these things that God had, had done. And then uh, chapter 17, verse 27, he actually says, um, his purpose was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps fear their way, feel their way toward him and find him, though he is not that far from any of us. Uh, yeah, so you can imagine being in a dark room or something like that and having to feel your way around to find the door. And, and uh, imagine there's a little light like pointing right towards the door. You're like, man, cool. Like, God actually wants us to go through this process of life and, and feel our way towards him. And uh, the cool part is he's not far from us. Like he's not going to make it hard to find himself. So uh, I'm encouraged by that, knowing that God is looking for people to worship him in spirit and truth and that he wants people to seek after him. So I think when people have those moments of, um, man, God, if you just get me out of this thing, like I'll promise I'll seek you. I'll you know, I think sometimes he puts us in those situations just so that we can seek him. Not everybody follows through, but it's cool to know that God wants us to. So I think uh, just trying to seek God is something that God wants, and that's something that I should want because he wants it. Yeah, that's really good. Um, when we were kind of talking about this idea and practically what it looked like, you know, the verse, seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you, and um, just that is followed by therefore do not be anxious tomorrow for tomorrow will be will have enough enough anxiety of its own so um and then i think yeah that's right okay just had to check my 
my Abigail version of the Bible. Um, so I was struck by that because I feel like that is very topical for most of us right now. Um, I think there's very few of us whose lives or at least schedules um, haven't been affected by the current situation in the world. Um, so even if um, for whatever reason you're still working, no one around you is any different, you're still probably feeling the pressure of this COVID-19 thing. Um, and I definitely did. And so this was something that um, really kind of came up in my own life, that my routines and my normal rhythms were fully on affected. You guys, we did a podcast on rhythms of <laughs> earlier in the year. LOL. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe one day. Um, but I think it was really, really good because what it did is it took it out of um, just my routine, which is great. Routine is important. Rhythm is important. Just getting up, grabbing the coffee, sitting down with my Bible and not thinking about it is a good place to be. But currently we ended up in a place where I had to be really intentional about it. And it's always good to have it pushed back into the intentional place. So if you're just starting out, don't worry, we're all feeling that way in some form or another because we had to re-figure it out and re-think like think about how we're going to fit this time with the Lord into our days with maybe having you know a spouse home from work or a bunch of kids that you were not expecting to have here. Um, just there's a lot going on and it was a good challenge for me to say no. I still really, really need to seek first the kingdom. And also I'm really anxious and I kind of want to immediately start tackling all the things that I have anxiety about right now. And so just to go back to like, no, that, that will take care of itself. First, I have to be before the Lord. And it definitely took some finagling on my end, some training of my children um, over and over again. Like, no, I'm not going to do that right now. I'm having my quiet time. Um, but I think it was good because it, it challenged my, my heart as well of like, is this truly the most important thing to start my day? Um, and spoiler, it was. So mm -hmm. <laughs> we're struggling through over here. Hey friends, thanks for watching the show. I wanted to take a quick moment to say, if you're someone who's looking for insights, ideas, and inspiration that will fuel your faith for the 21st century, then make sure you sign up for our weekly newsletter, Harvest Highlights. It's free and it's loaded with resources that will help you be a disciple and make disciples in the everyday places. So make sure you check it out. There's a link in the description of this video. Back to the show. Okay, so um, let's hit up the second um, of our three, and that is serving, um, serving like a disciple and serving both the other believers. I think that's maybe where we wanted mm -hmm. to kind of focus. Right? Yeah, Andrew? serving, serving mm -hmm. the saints. So our first... Yeah practice of a disciple is to seek the Lord. And you see that happening with um, Jesus's disciples. And it's important for us to do that and for us to instill that in those that we are discipling. And the second practice of a disciple is to, to serve the saints. And again, Jesus, to be one of his followers from the very beginning, you, you got to help out with Jesus's ministry. And so if there was a crowd of 5,000 people that needed to be fed, then you were the, the crew that Jesus turned to to organize that group and to pass out the food, 
it was just expected that this was going to be part of what you signed up for was to serve others. And we're studying the book of Colossians right now in our um, local church here. And I was struck by verse three of chapter one, where uh, Paul says that he, he thanked the Lord in his prayers for the Colossian believers uh, because he had heard about their faith and he knew that they had hope that was laid up for them in heaven and because he had heard of the love that they have for all the saints. And you really see that in several of Paul's letters where he talks about those three things as a standout qualities. And for the Colossians, it wasn't just that they had faith and that they had hope, but he heard that they had love for all the saints. And of course, those are the big three that Paul talks about in first Corinthians, faith, hope, and love. These three remain, but the greatest of these is love. And so uh, a practice that, that we want to have as disciples and that we want to instill in others is this, this value and this, this willingness to serve, especially the saints. You see that throughout the, throughout the New Testament. And this one is an antidote to selfishness. So the way that you serve is you have to be aware of what's going on around you. You have to, you have to see needs around you if you're going to be someone who serves and then you have to be available. And, um, and those are not things that I think come instinctively to most of us as, as humans. And so it's, it's important for us to cultivate those. And maybe the more tricky thing is to help the next generation become more alert and, and more available. And I think we do that just by pointing out those needs sometimes. And we have to do this with younger humans. And I think we have to do this with younger Christians where you just point out like, Hey, there's a need right there. And would you mind meeting it? Or would you be able to step in and meet that need? So, um, Keith, I know you had some thoughts about this out of, uh, out of Galatians, the importance of serving the saints. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. Andrew, you softballed it really well too, talking about the young people and the little kids helping out because I can definitely attest to that right now <laughs> having the kids help us out a lot and uh, I'll come back to that one in a second but yeah I think serving is a huge one and uh, I think especially for myself I think God has checked my heart a lot on this one because uh, I think naturally I'm prone to serve and want to serve which can be a good thing um, but I think the selfishness in me and in people uh, we serve for the applause, like, you know, while the mm -hmm. applause is going, it's a lot easier to serve, you know, you, you're getting that, um, that reinforcement. And I'm not saying that that's wrong, but when that applause stopped, like, are you still able to serve? Um, mm -hmm. When you're being treated like that servant, like, are you still able to serve? So I think that's challenging for me to not do it for praise or for uh, applause or for approval, like to know that, hey, we're serving God and God, Jesus came not to be served, you know, so uh, how can I serve others? So I think uh, Galatians 6, 9, and 10 is a good reminder of that is, you know, keep doing good as you have opportunity. Um, and to all people, to all people, do good to all people, but especially to those who belong to the household of faith. So mm. I think the challenge is to, to see the need and uh, to be willing and available for that need. Uh, me and Andrew and Torn, a couple years back, we were all living together. And uh, I don't think Andrew was setting out to teach us something profound or to teach us this deep spiritual lesson, but we were kind of being a little slow playing with the kids while he was, him and Cindy were setting up the tent and everything. And I looked back, he looked pretty flustered. So I asked him, 
know what was up. And he's like, hey, I need you guys to take initiative. Like, I don't need you to wait for me to tell you or to ask. Like, you, you can look around and see and take initiative. And uh, he kind of left it at that. But for me, that really hit home. It was like the Thanos snap. Like, all of these things in my mind had just gone away. And it was like, wow, like, I need to take initiative. Like, that's, yeah, that's a big lesson. So I think for our kids now, it's kind of cool to see them taking the initiative and, and throwing away the diapers and the diaper genie and grabbing wipes when we need them. And uh, it's all hands effort because the work is there and the labor is there. So the laborers is another question. So I think realizing that the job is on us, like we have to be the ones that take initiative and step forward, even when we're not getting that praise or that, that applause. So, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. You know, you're teaching your kids to throw away a poopy diaper, it is all uphill from here. So great. They'll be serving with happy hearts in all sorts of ways as long as it's not. <laughs> so that is so, so cool. I love to hear that. Um, I think in, once again, I think I'm, there'll just be a theme to my examples because um, I, I think I'm just always kind of thinking of the here and now, like how am I learning these lessons currently? Um, and just during this season, it's a little harder to serve in some ways. Um, and easier in others. So to explain that, um, our church has moved full on into Zoom time. So our time together is on a Zoom call and it can make it feel very distant and kind of like, you know, you're there and you kind of chat and then it's over and it didn't really affect your life or their life that much. No one even had to drive anywhere, you know? So um, but it, it kind of added that hole in my life of like, I love these people and I want to still be a part of each other's lives. And so just trying to find ways to still really connect and see how they're really doing um, became kind of forefront in my mind. Um, but there was a really great example that wasn't my own in our church. Of um, We had um, some, some members of our church who had a little bit harder situation um, are definitely more immune compromised than the rest of us and they really needed to stay at home and another member of our church was like called them up and was just like hey I'm at Trader Joe's like what do you need and it was mm. really really important um, need being met by the church and it was really inspiring to them hear about um, kind of like what you guys were saying um, and kind of got my my uh, rear into gear as far as like okay like what are ways that I can be serving the body during this time, whether it's financially, I mean, I feel like there's a lot of financial needs right now. Um, and so that can feel overwhelming to a lot of people who are in those needs. Um, and those that maybe have a little extra to help out, this is the time for that, you know, and so um, I think we've just had to find a lot more creative ways uh, to serve. Um, I'm not having the church in my house every week and able to, you know, serve them food. And like, that's really, really easy for me personally. Like that's an easy way to serve. Um, and so I think having to, to get out of my comfort zone and serve in new ways um, for this current season, I think is good um, practice for when hopefully things return to normal. And how can we be really intentional and not just kind of go in autopilot and you know, have like an auto draft of like giving and not even think about it or, you know, just do the same things like, oh, that worked. That's a good way to serve the community. Like I will always bring chicken to the potluck, you know, like that's a great thing, but how can we really be prayerful and allow the Holy Spirit to come in and help us 
Uh, so that has definitely been one thing that I have been doing as, as I'm praying for our church family here. Um, I've just been asking the Lord to just give me ways that I can serve them. And, you know, if it's something I can do that I'm all about doing it. And guess what? The Holy Spirit is way more creative than me. So it's been working out great. Um, but it's just been brand new stuff, you know, like I feel like everything's been turned on its head essentially. So yeah, which brings us to our last one, which is sharing the faith, which I'm very excited to talk about how we're going to be sharing our faith during <laughs> quarantine. But let's let's get into that one now, Andrew. <clears throat> yeah, this is a practice again that that from the very beginning of Jesus calling his disciples was embedded, you know, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Uh, and then it was reinforced throughout his time with them, uh, freely received, freely give. Of course, at the end, um, you know, go make disciples of all nations, uh, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. So this idea of sharing the faith as an essential practice of a disciple goes all the way back to the roots of Christianity. And it's something that that we need to be practicing as, as well. Um, you know, in my own life, that was something that happened early on. Um, my best friend um, was someone that I got a chance to share with when I was in college. And that was, um, it was very natural in, in a way because, you know, we saw each other every day. We were, we were talking about whatever was happening in life. Um, but, you know, when, when you go from watching pornography to studying the Bible, that's kind of uh, noteworthy or it, it shows up, <laughs> you know, it's a topic of conversation. And so that was, um, that was a natural opportunity for me to share with him. And I didn't even know exactly how to share my faith at that time, except that I was reading the Bible and I was, I thought it was important and um, that I believed in Jesus and that it was going to change the way that I, I lived my life going forward. About a year later, I had a chance to go back and visit with him because I ended up moving. Um, he stayed in the, the city where um, we had gone to school. Uh, we actually worked at the same place. So we spent, we literally spent 10 hours a day working at the same shop. And then we did night classes for four hours. And so we were with each and we rode to work and school together. So I saw this guy like probably 70 hours a week. And not that we were able to talk the whole time. Uh, at work, but we just had a lot of interaction. So a year later, I um, visited with him and really got to just share the gospel a little more clearly because I'd, I'd learned some things. And, you know, he wasn't ready to make that decision, but he did listen. Uh, we're still in contact and, um, you know, he, he is a believer now. And so it's been cool to, to see how God has allowed seeds to be planted um, and still worked in, in his life over the last 20 years. Um, yeah, it's important to, uh, to share our faith. And I've got an idea of, of sharing our faith that I'll, I'll loop back to um, now during the quarantine if you guys, uh, guys want to hear it. But let me, let me throw it over to Lakeith and <laughs> say, uh, how about you, brother? What, what do you, where do you see yeah. this practice of sharing the faith? Yeah, I, uh, I'll have to call back to last episode, Abby, how we were sharing about... Um, yeah, when you experience something new or you're watching a cool movie or hear a song, whatever, like when you're excited about something, the natural overflow is just to share that with somebody else. Right. So like most of what get posted on social media is because of something like that. 
in a good way, you know. So I think uh, when you're pumped up about something, uh, what's naturally going to happen uh, is is you sharing it. And I I don't I don't know what what goes on with the gospel. Like I know that everybody struggles with it. Like even the people who are wired more as evangelists, like there's going to come a time where you just don't feel as excited about sharing the good news, which I say to our shame, but it's just the truth. So I think you have to figure out how to come up with creative and effective ways of sharing your faith and keeping it fresh because um, it, it really is essential. Um, I don't think you can truly walk with the Lord and not be sharing, sharing your faith. It's like, uh, I think I say it a lot with barbering, like out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So eventually people are going to tell you what they care about, you know? So if all, if all you hear from somebody is, uh, you know, the bears, the bears, the Chicago Bears, then chances are, you know, <laughs> sports might be a, a huge idol in their life, you know. So uh, I think I make it a habit of trying to keep the Lord at the forefront of my mind. Like when I'm when I'm drifting away from it or the topic and and uh, I know I need to go back to it, I, I can call back to man, like how is this uh, engaging the kingdom of God? So I think some people struggle with, hey, am I ready? Do I have enough to share? But the blind beggar in John chapter 9, he just knew that Jesus changed his life uh, and nobody else was excited about that but him. <laughs> but that's what he knew about <laughs> Jesus and that's what he shared. And people can't refute experience. Like that's what he had experienced. So that's what he shared. So no matter where you are, like in your walk, uh, new veteran, you name it, like um, share what you know about Jesus because you're already like, there's never going to be a time where you're, you know, completely ready. So uh, like Andrew, I did get to peek over the notes, and I think Abby has some good stuff to share. So I'm actually excited to hear what Abby has to say about this one. Oh, thanks. Well, thanks for the buildup. I um, I really love the story of the demoniac um, that Jesus heals of, like, you know, a whole bunch of demons. And the guy wants to keep going with Jesus, and Jesus sends him home and says, go and just tell what I've done for you. And, and in the passage, it literally says, then he went and proclaimed throughout the city how much God had done for him. And it's like the 10 city region. So it was actually more than his city. Um, I love this because Jesus said, just go home and like tell them about. So he said it like this, this bar was here. But I think, of course, Jesus knew that it would co from there. And that is how the gospel works. We are really just called to the people that God's given us. And for most of us, um, that is our friends and family. Those are the people that are our personal little mission fields. And when I kind of boil it down to just that, it becomes a little bit more manageable for me. It doesn't mean that I have not shared the gospel with complete strangers. And in some ways that can be easier, just FYI. Um, but I, I still, it kind of helps me see it as a manageable piece. So those are the people that God has given me to pray for and to know deeply, just like Andrew was saying about his friend, you know, see on a, on an, a more regular basis and share life with and share love with and, and really share the gospel with, because it really does have to come down to some actual words spoken. Um, for me also, I have had to practice. Like I've had to literally say it out loud. Like I am a storyteller by nature. Like that's how I see the world. Like you tell me something that happened to you. And in my mind, I'm like, 
you know what, this is going to be a really good story. I'm like, this is how this should be said. <laughs> <laughs> um, but not everyone's wired like that. And I am a little crazy. I've already acknowledged that. But we can work on our stories, whether you're a storyteller or not. You can think about your own experience with Jesus and what that's meant to you and how you can explain that in a way that someone might really understand and doesn't have a bunch of christian words in it it just takes yeah. a little bit of time and effort and then it really is just all practice and the great thing about the gospel is that it does spread in this story you know he went home and he shared it and it really spread and mm -hmm. you know what when you've got a cool story like you know this dude cast out a whole bunch of demons well it spreads pretty quickly <laughs> so um <laughs> I do think during this time, um, we've had to be a lot more creative because I've literally not even seen other humans um, for days on end, other than my own children who definitely need Jesus, but they've heard the gospel a few times. So I'm just praying for them. Um, but we have put up um, big like posters in our windows of Bible verses. We have some friends in our church who um, have a whiteboard like as a fixture outside their house because they know that their neighbors walk. And so mm. it's like right by the sidewalk and they change out the Bible verse every day. And they say that people stop and like look and read it every day. And honestly, people are starved for interaction right now. So it is a, mm. honestly, this is the best time. If you have never shared the gospel, friends, people just want to talk to somebody. So, um, so I think, you know, it really isn't as hard as we definitely make it out to be. I think all, you know, like you said, Keith, we all struggle with this, but it's ready. The, the ground is primed. So, um, Andrew, I want to know what's your idea. How can we be sharing? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think we're all connected on social media. There's things that you can do through Facebook, through Instagram. Um, one that I'm, experimenting with this week is uh, an app called next door. Um, and so we've posted an invitation to, to go through a series called, um, Bible stories of hope, which I actually heard about from our friends, the Coopers. But, um, the thing I like about next door is it's, it's sort of, sort of like Facebook for your neighborhood. And so the people that you're interacting with there, they they are actually physically close to you and so um this thursday we'll be going through like an online bible study with some strangers that i've never met and we're going to be looking at the first of those stories of hope so um, maybe we can put a link to um we'll put a link to the stories of hope series if folks want to try to do something similar either using facebook or instagram or if you want to check out the next door app but you know, Abby, I would also just want to say as we sort of wrap up here, because we're right at our time, um, the practices of a disciple are where the adventure of following Jesus is at. So the, the life, the excitement, the, um, the real everyday um, adventure of following Jesus is in the practices to, to seek the Lord, to serve the saints, to share the faith that's where faith comes alive. It's important that we believe the truth, but when you live the truth, it goes from being academic to, to an adventure. And so I hope people will, um, will take serious these three practices and think through their own lives. Like, how am I seeking the Lord? Where could I serve the saints? How could I share the faith? Because 
that's where your, your faith goes from being stale to being um, living and vibrant. So I, I hope people take serious this idea of practices of a disciple. Mm, I agree. It is really honestly very fun friends and i yep. um i hope that you will share with us your fun ideas the things that the lord's speaking to you about when you seek him um how you are serving the body of christ and the world during this time and also just how you're sharing the gospel we would love to hear about it so leave us a comment um we can't wait to just learn some new stuff and it really is a very exciting adventure this has been a really fun little series and so if you haven't caught up you can do that now and we'll be back to see you again next week thanks guys it was fun yep next week thanks, see, you. see you soon thanks for being part of our community if you find this podcast valuable there are many ways you can support it you can review it on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you happen to listen to it. You can share it on social media with your friends. Or you can support it directly by visiting our website, intotheharvest.org, clicking on the donate link, and becoming a monthly giving partner. When you do this, you'll receive a thank you package with some great ITH gear. Thank you for supporting the show and helping our small team make a big difference for Jesus. It's listeners like you that make this ministry possible. 